Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D from Coffee with Carrie. Welcome to season two of Coffee with Carrie podcast. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. So stick around, pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. I think you'll be encouraged. Hi, y'all, and welcome to our Holy Week podcast. You know, this coming Sunday begins the most solemn and important week of the year. It's Holy Week, a week we remember the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, our entire Christian faith and our blessed hope of eternal life rest entirely on the events of this coming week. Paul reminds us, and if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. But Christ has indeed been risen from the dead, the first fruits of this who have fallen asleep. Isn't that awesome? It's a great promise. God began the plan at the beginning of time in the Garden of Eden when he promised he would put distance between Satan and the woman, between his offspring and hers, and that the Savior would crush the enemy's head. The prophets of the Old Testament foretold of a coming Messiah who would rule righteously forever and forever, but who would come first to save his people from their sins. John the Baptist preached that the Messiah had come and was in their midst, and Jesus himself revealed through actions, words, and miracles that he was indeed the Messiah promised by God. Our faith, our lives, our existence, and our eternal hope rest completely on the events of this week, on the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's a solemn week, but it's also a week of celebration. I'm sure most of you have been doing something special or different the past 40 days for the season of Lent. And I know many of you observe Lent by either fasting on Fridays or giving something up for 40 days like a social media fast. And many of my friends use a little Lenten devotional each morning during breakfast time. Or maybe you do little random acts of kindness each day during Lent. When I was a kid, my favorite Lenten activity was praying for someone different every day. I didn't realize it at the time, but we were praying for family members and friends who didn't know Jesus yet. What a perfect time of the year to share the gospel with friends and to pray specifically for those loved ones who don't know firsthand the love of Christ. Now, whether you've been doing something special every day during the season of Lent or not, take some time this week to make it special. Try not to do usual work or activities during Holy Week. Let your kiddos know the reason why your family is ceasing this normal activity in order to celebrate the saving grace of our Lord and Savior. Now, you know me, you can keep it very simple and still make it very impactful. So spend time each each day this week in God's word, tracing the steps of Jesus in his final and redemptive week. This is a perfect week to use one of those children's Bibles or illustrated Bibles I've talked about in the past. This way, the Bible passage that relates to the events of Holy Week are back-to-back in the book. You can use any Bible, but if you have younger students, I just find it more helpful to read from a children's Bible this week. Now, each day, starting on Palm Sunday, read the Bible passage that describes the events of Palm Sunday. Then talk about it, and then perhaps even do an activity to help your kids remember and relate to the passage. 
If you have resurrection eggs, this is a great week to use them and connect them to your Bible reading each day. And if you don't have resurrection eggs, they're super easy to make. I have links and directions for buying them or even making homemade resurrection eggs at my website, coffeewithcarry.org. Check out this week's post for those instructions and links. Now, on Palm Sunday, read either Matthew 21, 1 through 11, or Mark 11, 1 through 11, or Luke 19, verses 28 through 40, or even John 12, 12 through 18. You don't have to read them all. Just pick one. Then after you read one of these passages, sing Hosanna in the highest and other worship songs. Open up the resurrection egg that has the donkey or the palm branch. And if you have younger children, try making a palm branch out of green construction paper and your child's handprint to wave as you sing. It's easy to do. You trace your your child's handprint several times on green construction paper. Then you cut out at least five of them. And then you glue or attach them on top of each other to a wooden craft stick. It looks just like a palm branch when you're finished. And it's a great keepsake too. Now for older children, try to create a cross out of the palm branches collected outside or maybe collected at church on Palm Sunday. At my website, Coffee with Carrie blog, I share a video with the directions if you're interested in trying this. And make sure you attend church as a family on Palm Sunday to kick off this very special week of celebration. Now, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week, spend some time reading the parables and teachings of Jesus. After Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he spent the week healing and preaching to the crowds, teaching his disciples, rebuking the Pharisees and the scoffers, and prophesizing about his death, resurrection, and ascension. He also spent time during the week prophesizing about the destruction of Jerusalem, the end times, and his second coming. So, depending on the age of your children, pick a parable each day to read and discuss. If your children are older, then pick a sermon that Jesus preached that week to read and discuss. You can try Matthew 21, verses 33 to 34, or anything in Matthew 24, or anything in Matthew 25. But like I said, if you're using a children's illustrated Bible, you'll have plenty of parables and stories in between Palm Sunday and Holy Thursday that you can choose from. Now, on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday of Holy Week, that's when we usually dye our Easter eggs. Now, when the kids were little, I tried to connect this activity to the different colors that we use for our dyes. I'm sure you're familiar with the gospel told with the colors of jelly beans. But if you aren't familiar with the cute little poem, it basically uses the different colors of the jelly beans, which are a favorite Easter candy, to tell the gospel story. I would use the same colors when we were dyeing our Easter eggs instead of using jelly beans. But basically, the jelly bean color poem goes something like this. Black is for the sins I've done. Red is for the blood of God's Son. Purple is for the hour of sorrow. Pink is for the hope of tomorrow. White is for my sins forgiven. Yellow is for my home in heaven. Green is for the eternal life with Jesus. So then on Thursday, which is Holy Thursday, we read about Jesus' Last Supper, the washing of the feet, the agony of the garden, and his betrayal. Now, if you're using a children's Bible, these passages and stories are easy to find, and they will be in chronological order. 
If you're using a Bible, passages about Monday, Thursday can be found in John 13, Mark 14, Luke 22, and Matthew 26. I have all this listed at Coffee with Carrie website um, if you would like the list. Then after you read about Holy Thursday and what happened during the Last Supper and the agony in the garden and his betrayal, then sing a Bread of Life song or other hymns or worship songs about Jesus being the Bread of Life. Now, if you're still using those resurrection eggs, open up a few of them at this point. As you read these passages, open up the eggs containing the little wine chalice or a piece of bread, the egg containing the three pieces of silver, and the egg that has the praying hands. To help explain the events of these events, we bake hot cross buns, and sometimes we've even made homemade unleavened bread. You can paint a plastic wine glass with a Bible verse. You can get those plastic wine glasses at the dollar store. They're super easy to find and they're super cheap. You can have a foot washing ceremony with your family or attend one at your church. If your church has a special Monday, Thursday service, make sure you attend with your family. Most Holy Thursday ceremonies include communion as well. Holy Thursday is also a great time to explain the sacrament of communion and Jesus' command to partake in it until he comes again. I have a few recipes and links for Holy Thursday crafts and activities in this week's Holy Week blog at coffeewithcarry.org. Then on Good Friday, read about Jesus' arrest, his flogging, the crucifixion, his death and burial. If you're using a Children's Illustrated Bible, again, it will be easy to locate these pages and stories. If you're using your Bible, passages about these events can be found in Matthew 27 and Mark 15. Then, as a family, sing my favorite song, In Christ Alone, or any other hymn or worship song that emphasizes the blood of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross for us. If you're using resurrection eggs, as you read the Bible passages about Jesus' crucifixion and death, open up the eggs containing the crown of thorns, or in our case, we just put in a little thorn. Open up the eggs that have the nail in it, the wooden cross, a strip to represent the whip, the little stone, and the cloth which Jesus was wrapped in. And if your church hosts Stations of the Cross, attend those too. This is a beautiful expression of the last hours of Jesus. If your church holds a special service on Good Friday at noon or that evening, then definitely attend as a family. Depending on the age of your children, watch the Passion movie directed by Mel Gibson. If they're younger, try to get on Amazon the movie The Fourth Wise Man with Martin Sheen. It's a great story. With younger students, have a Good Friday luncheon with foods symbolizing the events of Good Friday from his betrayal to his death. Your Good Friday luncheon might look something like this. On each plate include a few olives to represent Mount Olive and Jesus's time in prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, a purple Hershey kiss to represent the kiss of Judas, maybe three hard boiled eggs or three strips of chicken to represent Peter's denial and the rooster's crowing three times. Then three little candies, or anything you want actually, wrapped in aluminum foil to represent the 30 pieces of silver. And then take two pretzel sticks and put them in the shape of a cross. Add a few salt and vinegar potato chips to represent the vinegar and the gall that they gave Jesus on the cross. 
And if you're feeling creative, spread a little peanut butter or Nutella on a round cracker. Then add a few broken pretzel pieces around the edges of the Ritz cracker to create what looks like a crown of thorns. Go to this week's Coffee with Carrie blog. I have the list of ingredients for this special symbolic Good Friday lunch and meal in this week's article. If your children are older, then try making a wooden cross out of toothpicks or a macrame cross out of yarn. Or if you didn't make the cross on Palm Sunday from the palm branches, try doing it today. Then read and discuss Isaiah 55, which prophesizes of the events of this week. There are so many things you can do on Good Friday. So pick and choose depending on the age of your kiddos and perhaps even save a few for Holy Saturday. Now, on Holy Saturday, keep it simple. We would always spend the day getting rid of the old to prepare for the new. With Jesus' death, the old is gone, and once we are covered in the blood of Jesus, we are a new creature with a new heart. So to symbolize this, our family always spent Holy Saturday deep cleaning the house and getting ready for Easter Sunday. We would go shopping to get a new outfit for Easter or maybe a new pair of shoes. When my daughter was a little bit older, we would spend the day getting our toes painted. It was my version of the foot washing. When the kids were older, we would sometimes spend Holy Saturday serving at a local food bank, helping to distribute food. Holy Saturday is also a great day to make resurrection meringue cookies. Each ingredient represents something from the passion of Christ. As you prepare the ingredients for these delicious cookies, you're also connecting the actions to the Bible verse about Jesus's arrest, crucifixion, and death. And then when they bake, they fluff up so much that they're hollow or empty inside, just like the tomb was empty on Easter morning. I have one of my favorite recipes with the directions and a little script that you can use if you want to try preparing these cookies on Holy Saturday. And every year, we also did a butterfly science unit during Lent. We would learn about insects, but we would concentrate on caterpillars, the process of metamorphosis, and butterflies. We would order live caterpillars mid-Lent, and then we'd watch them eat and grow and then spin their little cocoon. And some years, they actually hatched on Easter Sunday. But most years, they would hatch during Holy Week, and the years I was perpetually behind, we would have to wait until maybe after Easter to see them emerge from their chrysalis. As you know, the life cycle of the butterfly, including its time in the cocoon, is a great analogy to Christ's life, death, and resurrection. And it's also a beautiful illustration in creation that demonstrates our new life in Jesus Christ. Then on Easter Sunday, celebrate with your church family and then have a huge feast or barbecue with friends and family. Use the blessing before the meal to share the gospel with friends and family who are joining you who don't believe in Jesus. Keep it simple, but what a great opportunity to share the reason for the feast and the celebration with your friends and family who don't know Christ yet. And if you don't have time to prepare any of these ideas, then just get your hands on Benjamin's Box by Melody Carson and read it each day with your homemade resurrection eggs. It's my prayer that you and your family will meet Christ in a new way during the holiest of holy weeks. May the Lord bless you and keep you and shine his face upon you. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining me for this little coffee break. 
If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, Coffee with Carrie Consultant. Don't forget to check out my new book, Just Breathe and Take a Sip of Coffee, Homeschool and Step with God. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast with a friend who might need a little encouragement this week, or share it with a friend who's homeschooling for the first time this year. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to to subscribe to our Coffee with Carrie podcast and then take a few minutes to leave a little review. It really helps a lot. Thank you in advance for listening to us each week and for sharing our podcast, my book, and our homeschooling mom ministry with your friends. We're so very honored and grateful. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, our podcast, and our new book will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. We're praying for you. Stay healthy. God bless. Happy Easter, and see you next week.